What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly. We are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 18. We outside, man. We pumping these things out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I'm so glad that you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. Listen, man. Understand this. We are going to continue to give you great content each and every time that we can. All right? So stay tuned with us, man. Do what you know that you need to do. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Watch us on YouTube. Go over to watch us on Spotify. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music. Leave a review, five star. Do what you like. Let everybody know that this is this is where it's popping at right now. Unfiltered with Jesse Holly is what you make me a part of your life. If you love me, if you hate me, make me a part of your life. Make me a part of your everyday listening. I need that. You need that. We need that together. All right, let's jump into the show. You guys know how I like to do it. I like to give you the positives, the the, the motivation at the top, because let's be honest, some of you might not make it to the end. I'm not for everybody, but here's what I got for you today. This is, I think this is really good. I think this is this was on my spirit, it was on my heart, and, and it's it's personal, uh, but it's also public for you too. And it just simply reads, sometimes peace, peace comes with a lot of goodbyes. Sometimes peace comes with a lot of goodbyes. And I don't remember exact verse, but I know that in the Bible, I think like 1 Corinthians is a scripture that talks about um Bad company corrupts good character. A lot of times in our life, we hold on to these relationships, these people, these things in our lives, and, and we got to cut them. Like, you have to let them go. When you're talking about a, good, a person who, is a, uh, um, who has a green thumb understands, I got to cut dead fruit. I got to cut dead leaves. I got to cut dead branches from this tree or it's going to corrupt and kill the rest of the tree. There is somebody that is watching this show today that you know that you have to cut all of the negative things that are around you. And some of that stuff means cutting people, people that are close to you, people who are extra baggage. Certain people just can't go where you're going. They shouldn't. You're about to ascend to a level that is so great that the people that you have around you are pulling you back down. So in order to find the peace that you really talk about that you want, the peace, I mean the good peace, the, the serene peace, the peaceful mind, the peaceful spirit, the peaceful heart, the peaceful home, the peaceful work environment, the, the real legit peace in your life, you got to start cutting folks. You got to start saying bye-bye to folks. And it's no hard feeling. Like you can say goodbye to someone and it doesn't have to be nasty. You can say, listen, I love you. I just can't be around you. I, I love you. We just don't work out no more. And, and that dead weight had to be, I don't, I don't care if it's a 10 year, I don't care if it's a 50 year friendship. I don't care if it's blood. Literally same mama, same daddy. I don't care if it's your first cousin. I don't care if it's your favorite aunt, your favorite uncle. I don't care if y'all been school boys, school girlfriends from, from, from kindergarten. There are times, and I, I'm speaking to me. 
I'm just looking at y'all. But I'm speaking for Jesse. This is this is personal for me. As I continue to grow in whatever it is that I want to do, there are some people that I got to cut. I got to say bye-bye. Thank you. Your, your, your ride stops here. You, 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 you stop here. This next bus stop is where I'm letting you off at. And I have to be okay with it no matter how much I feel like it hurts. If I'm going to get to that place that I'm supposed to get to, I got to let you go. I got to say goodbye. So if there's something or someone uh, or some people around you, and like I said earlier, I don't care if they're family. They got to go. They, 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 they got to go. I, I have to, I, I'm blocking blessings. I'm not allowing God to truly bless me because God is saying, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this blessing because the folks got around, that you got around you is really corrupting your character. And I really ain't trying to waste this blessing with you, with the folks that you have in your life that are influencing your life. So sometimes even blocking your own blessings means that the people that you kept around you have kept God from giving you exactly what you needed. So make the tough decision. Make the hard. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. This is a part of being, this is a part of the growing. This is the part of the pruning. In order for things to grow healthy, there has to be some growth pains and some growth pruning. This is a part of the growth pruning. It's going to hurt. But I promise you, in the end, you will win. You will find the peace that you deserve. You will find the peace that surpasses all understanding. But some of them folks, deuces, ahala, see you later, appreciate you. We still good. I still love you. Just can't be around you. Y'all have a good one. You know, you got to give them the deuces. And, and find that true peace that, that, you, that you require, that you deserve. I'm telling y'all, choosing you is going to be the best thing that you could ever do. So say goodbye. Tell them. Text them. Call them. Send them an email. A handwritten letter. Don't care what you got to do. But it's time. Let those folks know. The peace is waiting on you. Do your part. All right, man. Let's get into this episode. Cowboys take on the Patriots this Sunday, 8 TNT Stadium. Big game for the Cowboys. Cowboys have to have a bounce back game. What you don't want to do um, is, is to have that spiral effect. And, and history for the Cowboys under Mike McCarthy. And for a while, the Cowboys usually bounce back after a loss. They had five or six losses last year. Of course, the last one you couldn't bounce back from because it knocked you out the playoffs. But when they lost last year, they bounced back and they beat teams by an average of 14 points. So if you're thinking about the Cowboys not being able to score points and things of that nature, this history lends for them coming, having a bounce back game and not only having a bounce back game, but 14 points is a lot of points in the National Football League. If you can get up on 14 on anybody in this league, not always, but a lot of times that kind of that, that kind of solidifies that you're going to win that game. So the Cowboys history says that they're going to bounce back. They need to bounce back. This has been a week of reflection, the man in the mirror. You heard Dan Quinn and Mike uh, uh, um, and, and Michael Parsons and company, they talked about just how upset they were when they turned on the film and they seen the effort um, of the guys on that football team. They were upset to see that they had so many mistakes, alignment mistakes, assignment mistakes, missed tackles, not getting off blocks. And it, it, it resonated with that group. And I think you're going to see you're going to see that group rally around one another defensively. And then Mike McCarthy, he talked about it. He said, um, our red zone issues, I get it. It's an issue. 
I'm not going to sit here and act as if this thing is not an issue, that, that we are just this prolific team um, in the red zone right now. He did bring up last year how they were in the red zone 15 you know, times at this point in time in the season, and they scored, I think it was like 14 touchdowns or whatever it was. But he's like, listen, it ain't all bad. But some people will say, well, that was Kellen Moore. That wasn't you, Mike. That was that was that was Kellen Moore as an OC back then. So you know, if if you want to claim that, don't you can't claim all that. Someone that got to do with Kellen Moore. But Mike talked about it in in his weekly pressure. Weekly pressure. He said there will be an added emphasis on that. He said when things like this happen, you do have to dedicate more time to them in practice. It goes it it, it goes in your practice plan as as a higher priority. We got we might have only spent. Eight or twelve plays or fourteen plays in the red zone. Maybe we do twenty. Maybe we do two periods. Maybe we do two days of it. Whatever that whatever that looks like in the in the in the order of structure in the practice for the Cowboys, they made sure that it was going to be worked on. And let's be you know if if we if we maybe not even get the red zone, maybe just score from fifty yards out. That also helps because people really what makes the red zone a touchy subject. Is because you're so close to the touchdown, and so if 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 you don't have that many trips to the red zone, but you score a lot of points because you got big chunk plays, that also works. I think more people just want to be able to see this team score touchdowns, and when you get in the red zone, normally that is where we call it the money downs, where you're able, you know, twenty and in, ten and in, five and in, the the chances of you going to get a touchdown should increase as you get closer to the end zone. So for Mike. They're looking at that and saying, we have to do better. One of the things that's going to help them do better this weekend is they were down three offensive linemen last week against the Cardinals. Well, it looks like two of those guys will be back. Looks like Tyler Biotis, their starting center. Zach Martin, their starting right guard, will be back. Tyler Smith, Tyron Smith, excuse me, he has been declared out for this week. Now, let me, this is a two-part breakdown for me. The first part is the whole Tyron Smith injury thing. And this is not a personal shot at Tyron because I like Tyron. Um, he's been a really good player for a long time. And when he was good and when he was healthy and when he was younger, he was the most dominant left tackle in the league. And even now when he's healthy, he's still a really good player. Not as dominant, but still a really good player. But the, what I don't like about the Cowboys is they sometimes hold on to players well past their prime. If you want a shining example of how to do it this Sunday, look across the field. There'll be a guy over there. He might have on a cutoff sleeve. He might have a hoodie on. He might look all curmudgeoned and, and just grumpy. His name is Bill. Last name Belichick. And he is notorious for Two years before that guy's talent kind of falls off, trades him. Get, get, he gets value for him and goes, I, I can see the writing on the wall. And because people covet people who come from New England, they go elsewhere and get money. They go elsewhere and get jobs. And then they get there and what, lo and behold, what happens? Productivity goes down. And then Brill goes, well, I'll bring you back to New England at a very, very, very discounted rate to only do very, very specific things. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not building a team around you, but I'll have you come in and do very specific things for a fraction of the cost. 
So I built you up, saw the writing on the wall, sent you away, got assets for you. You got paid over there. Then you come back to me because you understand the structure that we have here. And I give you a very specific role. He has mastered that. So Mike, look, Mike, Will McClay, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, just look across the field this Sunday and you'll see a guy who you should take a little bit of um, copycat and look at guys like Tyron Smith and go, son, for the last six or seven years, you've missed a minimum of three or four games a season. We can no longer count on you to being our starting left tackle. We should now put more assets into the fact that we need to get better. Zach Martin, same thing. While Zach Martin is all world and all everything, and it, the, both of these guys will have jackets, gold jackets that they did not buy. You have to begin to start looking for their replacements. I thought it was going to be Tyler Smith, but they've stuck him inside, and it looks like they're going to leave him inside at left guard. But Tyron has been a, a walking injury problem for a while. And year after year after year, you trust and believe that it's not going to happen. And year after year after year, it happens. And now you leave yourself vulnerable at probably the most significant, maybe, position. I mean, definitely the second highest position, paid position in the league, uh, left tackle or defensive end. They go back and forth. One has to pay to take care of the other. But your left tackle for a right-handed quarterback is the most important position on the offense. And you put, it, you put your faith and your trust in a guy whose body you can no longer trust. It's not Tyron. Tyron doesn't want to be hurt. Trust and believe you me. No player wants to be hurt. No player wants to get up and go, you know what? Today the knee. Today the back, the ankle, the neck. But the body just eventually says, hey, we, we, we done. And here we are again. Now Tyron will miss his second game of the week. And, and, I, and I said this on my Twitter. Next week will say a lot. And some will say, well, maybe they're just trying to hold him out to have him healthy as possible for the Niners. All right, cool. I'll go with that. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up what you're putting down. I'll jump in the passage sheet and I'll ride shotgun with that. But next week will tell a very, very, very big tale to me. Because if he can't go for three weeks in a row, look for them to go and put him on IR. Because that tells me, a lot of times what teams do is they'll say, all right, we don't want to just throw you on IR. We're going to try to rehab this thing. We're going to try to rehab it. We're going to try to work and, and then get to a place where it's functionable and you can play. And now it's all about pain management. How much pain can you, because, you know, you can't hurt it anymore. You can maybe help a little bit, you know, but it's, it's the pain management part. And if the rehab doesn't work, they'll go, you got to get a scope. You got to see something cleaned out. You got to go get surgery, yada, yada, yada. They'll throw you on IR. And you'll miss four weeks or you'll miss the season, whatever that may be. So next week is a very, very, very big, big, big telltale sign of what direction Tyron Smith will be going in. If he's not ready to go, if he's in question to go three weeks in a row, I can see you go, you know what? Rehab's not working. We need to put this on IR and like I said, get surgery, do what we got to do to get you back for the second half of the season. And then the second, the second part of that question when it came to uh, Zach Martin and Tyler Biotish is, you know, that's a good space where you want to be. You want to get that middle of that offensive line locked in because anytime that you get pressure in the middle, 
it, it throws off what the quarterback wants to do. And this new West Coast offense that they're running, it's all about timing, getting the ball off quick. And if that pocket is collapsed for the quarterback, it makes it very difficult for him to be able to get the ball off. Hands get up there, and it, it can be all bad. And, and I think we saw some of that last week with how the offensive line didn't quite hold up like you really wanted it to. Uh, but having those two guys back, I think, is going to help this offensive line this week against a really stout, a really stout group of guys in 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 what they have in New England, led by Matthew Judon and company. So having those guys back, but also looking at looking at Zach Martin, hey, start start looking at that as well. Start saying. I don't know how much I can continue to trust that he's going to be available. Start grooming. I know they got some guys, but don't not free agent guys. You, you got to go get quality guys. That is the biggest misconception why some of these other leagues, FF, XFL and USFL, why, a lot of the reason why those leagues really don't work is because the quarterback play is not up to par to what you see in the National Football League. And in part, that's because there ain't that many offensive line out there. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there aren't a bunch of six foot five, 325 pound dudes who can move around like you see these big guys move. There just isn't. They just genetically, they just, there isn't. You may have some fat people out there, but just because they fat, that don't mean they can pay offensive line. To have dudes who are fat and in, in, in weight, but athletic as hell, that's free and far between. That ain't that ain't something that God is just. You go down to your local Home Depot and just pick up, hey, let me get two six-foot-six dudes with 325 pounds fat and got feet like a, a, a dancing bear. It just doesn't happen that way. So you 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 gotta you you get a lot of you get lot a lot less quality play at the quarterback position in those lesser leagues because they just don't have enough offensive linemen. But the Cowboys gotta begin to to get that um together. They also released Devin Harper. That leaves one linebacker left on the roster as far outside of Leighton Van Der Esch and Malik. Um, not Malik. Um, outside of uh, Damone Clark, excuse me. Malik Jefferson is on the practice squad. He has the ability to have three elevations. Devin Harper, they thought, would be able to kind of pass through waivers and get back on the practice squad. Nope. The Bengals picked him up. So he's now he's now Bengals on, on their active roster. So going into this game, the Cowboys have to really, really be dedicated to stopping the run with those two guys. And those two guys aren't the best two guys at doing it, mainly because Leighton Van Der Esch, he he's slow. Let's just be honest with you. Like, I think Leighton Van Der Esch, he's the only white guy on this defense, I believe. Yeah, he's the only white guy on this defense. And he's the slowest white guy on this. He's the slowest guy on this defense. And when you're when your guys up front aren't keeping you extremely clean, you begin to have trouble at the, at the second level. The Cowboys are ranked fourth at stopping the run and tackling the running back with their guys up front. The 27th in the league when they get when the running back gets to the second level. That tells you that the that the linebacker play is a little bit porous. And they got to improve on that. And guess what? Bill Belichick and that offense, they're going to run the ball. Stevenson and Elliott, they're going to run the football, and they're going to check and see if you corrected what was wrong last week. 
So I hope Micah and company, those guys up front, Hankins and Mozzie and, and Osa and Goldston and Sam Williams and Demarcus Lawrence, I hope you're up for the task because it's coming. You're going to have to, you're going to have to really anchor down and be stout. And I know that the Cowboys like to go into that big nickel and use uh, Donovan Wilson and J. Ron Curse and other players like that. Um, Marquise Bell. But sometimes those dudes just ain't got it. It's it's one thing to have speed, but when when that lineman, that 300 pounder get on that 200 pound dude, 225 pound dude, that's a different fight. That's a different fight. That's a different heavyweight class that you, you don't want to be in. When them big hogs start running, rolling around that corner and they see those single digits and they see those 20 numbers, they start licking their chops. And 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 while it had it had its advantages to have those big nickel packages, it, it also has a disadvantage because if you can't keep the if you can't keep the big boys off of the smaller guys, they become grass food. And and those big boys want pancakes. They want to go up on the board and say, "Coach, I got another one. I got some more pancakes." So the Cowboys have their hands full today. Not today, well Sunday, and I think this is going to be this is this if the, the passing game is going to work for the Cowboys this week. One thing that Bill Belichick will do, both offensively and defensively, he is going to take your best thing away. Offensively, the best thing going for the Cowboys in the passing game is C.D. Lamb. He was a little butt hurt last week. Had some comments this week about getting the ball in the red zone. That maybe that helps, and maybe they try to force feed him. But they got to get over there, Gonzalez. He's good. He held Tyreek under 100 yards. And ain't nobody been doing that, able to do that this season. He held Tyreek under 100 yards. He's good. And Bill's going to try to take CeeDee Lamb away. So, hey, Brandon Cooks, the time is now, buddy. I know game one, it was weather. Game two, you didn't play. Don't know where you were at in, in Arizona. Now's the time, buddy. We need you. We need you to show up. Have your, have your home game this year. Have your breakout party this year. You got to show up big in this game because Bill Buss is going to try to take CeeDee Lamb away. This is the moment where we brought you here for. You got 1,000 yards everywhere else you went. You got to come here and produce. Got to come here and play. Bill's going to say, hey, CeeDee's no, no, no. He's a no-go. The others have to begin to step up. The running game will be the running game. If they run on the edges, can't run up the middle against this team. But, but Brandon Cook, this is your time. And they're going to try to eliminate Micah. However they do that, double team, run at him, whatever. So those other guys are going to have to step up. Demarcus Lawrence, Osa, Goldston, Sam Williams. Who I, I, need, I need something from you, Sam. These guys are going to have to step up in this game. But I do think the Cowboys get back to their winning ways. I do think the Cowboys really begin to assert, assert their dominance on this football team. I'm not a believer in Mac Jones. I'm just not. I'm just not a believer in Mac Jones. I, I, I think he's boo-boo juice. Gooch juice. Not a good passer. They're going to try to run the football. We have to stop the run and then have the privilege of passing, of, of attacking the passer. If you get to Mac Jones, this is not Michael Vick. This is not Josh Dobbs. This is not, he ain't running. It, 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 this is not what he's looking to do. He'll, he'll throw one up to you if you get enough pressure on him. I think that's what we have to do. But you have to commit early in this game to stopping the run. Dan Quinn has said it many, many, many times. Ru they're, rushing the passer is a privilege. 
and you have to get to that privilege. The sack party, anytime you throw a party, you throw a birthday party, you don't have all the people come and then you set up. No. You set up everything first. You plan. You set up the tables, the food, all that. And then the people come. If you want to have a sack party, you got to set up and plan to stop the run first. Then you invite everybody to knocking a quarterback's head off. But if you do it the other way around, then we end up like we were in Arizona, 225 rushing yards and a loss. Can't afford to lose any more games that you're supposed to win. And I think this is a game that the Cowboys are supposed to win. So my prediction for this game, I think the Cowboys get back to it. I think the defense gets back to being dominant. I think the offense finds its rhythm. I think the offense gets some red zone touchdowns. I think maybe three red zone touchdowns. Passes. Cowboys the only team in the National Football League who a receiver does not have a receiving touchdown. Right? And the Bears are out there. <laughs> Think about it. Justin Fields and the Bears are playing football. And the Cowboys are the only team in the, in the league who don't have a receiving touchdown by a receiver. Got to fix it. Have to fix it. I think they get fixed this week. I got, I've been bouncing around between like 23, 24. I do like the Patriots defense. But I'm going 23. They mix an extra point. Kick a field goal, but they mix an extra point. I don't know. It's feel like a thing to say. I don't know. It's feel like he's been too good. Always been too good. I'm jinxing him. He's been too good. He misses an extra point again. 23-10. I think the Cowboys win this football game, get back to their winning ways, and get ready for a showdown next week. Oh, buddy. That's going to be a shutdown with the next one. But you got to take care of business first. Against the Patriots, Bill is going to try to confuse you. He's going to give you some looks you've never seen before. You got to communicate, 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 communicate offensively and defensively. Have good energy. No dumb penalties. Come on. 13 penalties. Can't have that anymore. Don't turn the football over. You win this football game 23-10. to 10. Let's go, Cowboys. All right, man. Let's go around the sports world. This Chandler Jones situation, and, and, I, and I'm going to be very delicate when I talk about this. And, and the reason I'm going to be delicate is because we don't have all of the facts and we honestly do not know what's going on. I told you guys, and I will continue to tell you time and time and time again. This football game, this game of football is a vicious game. This game of football leaves you broken. You are not whole when you're done playing with this game. You're not. It takes from you. Some of us, it's physical. Some of us, it's mental, emotional. But this game takes. It gives a whole lot. And if you're really good, like Chandler Jones, it's giving you a whole lot. It's giving you generational wealth. It's giving you fame and celebrity. But sometimes the trade-off is not worth any amount of money that you've been given by this league. I know people personally 
who was on top of the world, more money than you could ever spend. Mine. Gone. Gone. Family. Gone. Broken. Things. Bad. And, and the unfortunate part about this league is the people you think should help you don't. Teams, the league, when, you're, when your ability to no longer perform and to help them become more profitable when that when that when that dissipates and that goes away, the care and it's not every 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 team and every league, but that care goes away. You have some teams that will stick stick beside you. That's mine. I'm gonna stick beside them. But for the most part, this league does very little to 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 fix the brokenness that happens under his watch. They love you when you're making touchdowns and sacks and interceptions and big runs. Oh, they love you. They want to help you. They want to get you all and everything that you need. Because in return, it gets you back on the field and it makes them more money. Greed is a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. And they understand that they have you for a finite period of time. Because think about it. Even if you have a 10-year career, that's a long career in the league. Average, league. average career in the league is three years. You have a 10-year career. That's a long career. You're 32 years old. And now you're 32 years old and you're broken. And now you have to go on and live. If the average man lives to 75 years old, you got to figure out a way to figure out a way to do 42 more years, 43 more years broken. And the, and the people left to pick up the pieces are those close to you. Family, if you have a wife, if you have children, if you have parents that are still alive. Some have it, some don't. Some come from very broken situations. Sometimes you're just left to fend for yourself. And I look at this Chandler Jones situation, who, by the way, was arrested today in Vegas. And what they said that he did, he, he violated the domestic violence temporary protective order. And he was held on $15,000 bail. They said he went to his ex-girlfriend's house, stole some of her belongings from outside, took them back to his house and began to burn them. And then do a video and send these videos to her. So I'm assuming she called the authorities. They came over and arrested him. But he's had these series of tweets. He he he's been put on the NFI list from for the from the Raiders. He's had this. He's had these weird tweets. He's had these weird videos that he's put out. And it seems like from the outside looking in, and I do not know the 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 the, the whole thing, the whole scope of the situation, but it looks like a cry for help. It looks like a true cry for help. He he was saying, I mean, some wild things you can go and find that. But talking about that, you know, Aaron Hernandez didn't kill himself in prison, that Josh McDaniels killed him. And that the FBI, other people are coming to his house and they're sending people to his house and said things about Mark Davis in the front office and 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 and, and 
doing things to children that they were doing. It's really, really an off situation. And you can tell this isn't one of those just publicity stunts. But this is something where you can tell that mentally there's something going on. And I'm no doctor. I'm a mental health advocate. But there's something wrong. There's something off. And this thing, at, sadly, it at times it'll spiral out of control. It starts with the arrest. And then now when the police come, what happens? If he begins to act erratic, if he begins to have possessions of firearms, and now he pulls a gun out, whatever, and they, they shoot him and kill him, and it ends tragically. We've seen a lot, of, and I'm not, I don't, again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to say it's CTE, but we've seen, we've seen episodes of people have these type of moments, and then when you go back and they do the research, you realize, oh, yeah, this player has CTE. I don't know if this is the deal with Chandler Jones. I don't know. I do know this is not the behavior that he's exhibited his entire career. It's literally the complete opposite. Literally the complete opposite. And so to hear and see this, he's making these videos where he's crying uncontrollably, just out of nowhere, saying these, these very odd and weird tweets. It's sad, man. It's sad as a brother from the football fraternity to, to watch this happen. But I know firsthand that this game leaves you broken. It does. And, and this is probably going to be another situation where if, if, not, if not helped and given the proper help that he needs to address whatever the issues that he's dealing with, immediately this thing can spiral out of control. He can hurt himself. He can hurt other people. Um, and it's a bad thing. Someone loses a brother, a son, a friend, another brother in the football community, someone who had a special gift that could help a ton of people, you lose that. So I, I pray for Chandler Jones and his family that he gets the help that he needs, But because this, this is a tough situation. This is, um, and the Raiders put out a statement, the Raiders are hopeful that Chandler Jones received the care that he needs. He, his family, and all those involved are in our thoughts. And this is now a legal matter and we're not providing further comment. This came after his arrest today. But again, thoughts and prayers can only go so far. And at that time with the team, all they give you, thoughts and prayers, we're sorry. Now, I'm not crapping on the NFL. I'm just saying that this game takes a lot from you. And most of us, Right or wrong, if you asked us, if you can do it all again, would you? And probably 90% of us will say yes. We sure will. We'll do it again twice. And that's the unfortunate part because, again, this, this game is very, very unforgiving. It gives a lot. My life has been forever changed because of the NFL, because of football. Football took me from the hood. Took the, football gave me a, a great education. Football took me around the world. Football took me to some of the highest places I've ever been in my life. It's provided a lifestyle for me that in return gives it for my family, for my friends, for those around me. It's given me a platform to talk to you. If I wasn't former Dallas Cowboys, Cincinnati Bengals, New England Patriots, Jesse Holly, wide receiver, maybe I'm not sitting here. Maybe, maybe not. This is my purpose, so God may have done it a different way. But... 
people listen to me now because of my platform, on my platform because of what I did. I'm forever grateful and forever thankful. But I can tell you, physically, mentally, emotionally, you sacrifice a lot. This game, this game takes, it takes a lot from you. It does. It does. So, like I said earlier, thoughts and prayers are with Chandler Jones. I hope he gets the help that he needs because this is this is scary. It, it, it's, it's a scary, scary deal, man, when you, when you think about a dude who's just not right. He's not, I don't know what to call it, but it's not, he's not right. He is absolutely not right. And it, and it, it shows, and I pray that he gets the help that he needs. All right, keeping it in the National Football League. I feel like I'm bad. I'm like I'm, I'm about to go get at the NFL. Just NFL, it's a great league. I love it. I am such a fan of the NFL. I just, it's it just has its it has its bad sides. It does. Um, NFL and the NFLPA got together and they begin to modify the the ruling about gambling. This has become a hot topic over the last season or two when when it's come out that players and coaches were betting on games at the team facility. They were betting, uh, some of them were betting on their own teams. And I'm always interested about the NFL because when you look at it, the NFL forgives a lot. The NFL allows a lot to happen, both legally and illegally. Like, you can get in a lot of trouble in the NFL and they'll go, come on back. The one area the NFL seems to be really, really, really serious about. When you start gambling against the NFL or, you know, or team stuff like that, and you're a player inside of it, oof, they take that serious. I remember when Tony Romo was trying to get off, off the ground his, his fantasy football convention, and the NFL was like, uh-uh. No. One, I think the NFL thought, we should have thought of this first. Man, you beat us to the punch. But Tony was trying to have it in Vegas, and they were like, nope, 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 nope. Those hotels are, 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 are associated with uh, casinos, which is oddly enough because you can actually bet in a lot of these different stadiums. You can make bets. Like The Cowboys literally had a fan duel lounge. They don't want you to gamble, but they'll take the spoils from gambling. Now, the Windstar Casino is a, a sponsor of the Cowboys. I got to watch how I talk about sponsors because I don't have sponsors yet. I would like for sponsors, but I also work for other companies, the Cowboys in particular. So I can't knock, I can't knock Winstar because they're a sponsor. And I go to Winstar every now and again. I go, I like Winstar. Nice rooms, good food, great atmosphere. To Winstar. But you bet on you, you, you bet on football and you're a player, they tax you. They tax you. And so the NFL has modified their policy. It's gotten tougher. The NFL has modified the league's gambling policy that will punish players more harshly for betting on their own teams while also amending rules that will allow some players like the Detroit Lions wide receiver James Williamson to return to the field quicker. Under the new policy, as disclosed in the memo from Commissioner Roger Goodell, that was attained by ESPN. That's what I'm reading this article from. This article was done by, let me see here, who's I'm going to give proper credit to. It doesn't say. ESPN. 
On Friday, that's today, you'll see this tomorrow, a player who places a bet involving his own team will be suspended at least not one year, two. Now, you can smack your baby mother in the face. You can punch your wife. You can start a brawl. You can have guns. You can run somebody over. You can get caught with drugs. You can get a DUI. You can do a plethora of things, and the NFL won't suspend you for two years. Might give you a game or two. Might give you six. Might even give you ten games. But you come on back here now. You, you, you come on back here now. You get back out there on that field. Oh. But if you gamble against your team, two years. And it says at least. That means it could be more. If you are found to be gambling on your own team. That's the that, that's the level of at times the level of hypocrisy that bothers me about the National Football League. Is what they accept and what they don't accept. You could do steroids. Only get you two games. You can violate the rules of drugs and alcohol over and over and get four games. But if you bet at least, if you place a bet at least two years suspension and bets placed by players on any NFL game will result in at least a one-year suspension. So if you bet on anything in the National Football League, You're going at least a year. If you bet on your team, it's at least two years. Betting on non-NFL sports while at a team facility or on a team-related travel will now result in a two-game suspension for first violation, a six-game suspension for the second violation, and at least a one-year suspension for the third. So if you're found to be betting on basketball, soccer, baseball, um, anything else, but you're at the team facility. You're, you're in the locker room. You're in the meeting room. You're in an NFL building. You're on a road trip. If you're in a hotel that's being paid for by a team, that's an NFL hotel, a bus, a plane, anything that the NFL is now responsible for, that NFL team is responsible for, they, they call that a, a team facility. If it ain't your house, if it ain't, Somewhere else, if you're in the building of an NFL, a bus, a plane, a hotel, anything like that, and you make a bet on another sport, two games. They catch you twice, six games. Catch you a third time, a year. So if you're at home, you can jump on FanDuel and bet on baseball. That's legal. But if you bet on baseball in the team facility, two games. 
And that's what some of these some of these guys were betting on non-football NFL, their team in, in general. They were betting on basketball, betting on baseball, betting on soccer, but they were doing it in the locker room, in the team meeting room, on the bus. Can't do that. But the NFL, they will crack down on you, boy, you gamble. They're totally fine with the, with the sponsorships, though. And most of these cities have casinos attached to what they're doing, these teams. Don't want you in them, though. They told Tony Romo, we'll suspend every one of these players that you have there at this convention because the hotel was attached to this and this and that, and it was, it, was a, it was a mess. It was a mess. But it's the NFL for you, boy. Hypocrisy <laughs> at its finest. Good thing I don't bet on can't afford it. Drugs and betting, man, and alcohol. It's just, it's an expensive thing that I just don't have a bread for. I just, I just, I just, I, I'm not a fan of just giving my bread away. I'll do a little scratch off. And if I'm feeling lucky, I'll go in the gas station, get pumped some gas. Hey, give me, give me, give me, you know, I'll get some ice, get some candy, Slim Jim. Hey, give me a fucking scratch off. Let's see. Luck like today. Huh? That didn't win. I just can't see myself. When I go when I go to the casino, I go in with cash and cash only. I leave all the cards either in the room or in the car. Whatever I brought in the casino, which is usually like $200, I lose that. I'm done. I'm done. And when I win, I put the winnings in a different pocket. Put the money if I, if I, if I, if I come in with 200 I win 200 that goes back into the to the pot. Anything past the 200 goes in a different pocket. Can't touch it. Can't touch it. Why they give you chips? Chips chips are meaningless. They don't mean anything to you. It's different than holding like a dollar bill. When you hold when you get them hundreds, that's what, and and if you ever notice, if you ever notice to my gamblers, if you ever notice where are the cages to cash out? the other side of the casino. Their hopes is once you win, you got to walk through the casino to get to the cash out table. They're hoping you give them a little bit more money before you go actually cash out. A uh, slot machine, a table that you might be like, you know what, let me just drop another $25. They, they, they just want to get some money back. So they make they make the, the machine, they make the, the cash out cages way away. You got to walk through the casino and hope that you stop. See a hot table. Give me 25 on black. Give me 50... They just want to get some of that bread back. Casino's a dirty game. Dirty, dirty, dirty game. But if you're in the NFL, don't, don't gamble. Um, staying along the lines in the NFL. Got some salty coaches and some salty players. I love a good salt. I love a good spice. If you've been living under a rock and just noticed the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles have discovered this thing called the tush push. They call it the brotherly shove. It's where anytime they get third and one, third, fourth and one, third and inches, fourth and inches, maybe two, Jalen Hurts gets under the center, two guys get by Jalen Hurts, and they just snap the ball. It's a, it's, a, it's a glorified quarterback sneak. Think about it's a quarterback sneak with two F-350s behind them. And the, the, the offensive line, submarines dive, and they just push everybody forward. And the Eagles are the ones who invented it. The Eagles are the ones who are the absolute best at it. 
They do it the best. Their quarterback does it the best. They call it the brotherly push or the brotherly shove. Most people call it the tush push because they get behind Jalen Hurts and they push him on. The, they get they, they they put their hand on his butt cheeks and they push him through. A lot of defensive players say, "Oh, this should be outlawed. It's not. It's it's uh, Jack uh, Jack Del Rio said this is this is rugby. This is not football." I'm just a little salty because I don't know our team can't do it and we can't stop it. Eventually, the NFL is going to say no more tush push. Everybody thought that was going to be a part of the league. So every offseason, they have these league meetings and they implement rules that they want to kind of say, hey, we're going to do this next year and you can't do this and you can't do that. It came up this year, but it didn't get enough votes to be outlawed. It's coming. The outlaw of the tush push is coming. It's going to be not, it's going to, enough teams are going to say, you know what? We're not really good at it. Philly's really the only team that's good at it. But coaches, JJ, uh, uh, JJ Watt, who's retired, he talks about it. Richard Sherman, retired defensive back, he talks about it. And all of them are talking about it. it's a legal, it's a, you know, advantage. If, if, if you're the, if you're on the defense, you can't put your hands on the center or jump over and block an extra point. So how do they get to do that on the offensive side? The league has really been offensive minded. I'm going to say that as an offensive guy. The rules have changed. Defense used to be dominating. They did knock your head off and not be a penalty. They changed the rules. Can't jam a guy up after five yards. It's really become an offensive game. Offense is more sexy. Let's just be honest. You want to see touchdowns and first downs. You don't want to see 10-7 games. You want to see a 70-burger like Miami. But some salty coaches, man, they want, they want the tush-push, the brotherly shove, hauled out. Well, the new thing... That's being called out is Mike McDaniels, who I think is probably the most innovative new coach on the block, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He has figured out a new motion. And he has the fastest player in the league doing it. This motion, he's kind of, he's done it across the field. He, he's done it in, in many different ways. But what he's done is he's allowed Tyreek Hill, who's arguably the fastest player in the league, to get a running start horizontally, because it's not the CFL, you can't go, you can't go vertically. But he's allowed him to get a running start horizontally while simultaneously snapping the ball and him running full speed into a route. Now, mind you, the DB is standing still. So he gets a running start, comes around the curve, and he's coming to DB now at top speed. And he's the fastest dude in the league. Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, was on the podium today. He talked about, yeah, we do it. We saw Miami do it in week one. The Rams, they picked it up. We do it with Debo Samuels. He said, the play that we got, we call it cheat. That's what we call it. We call it cheat. And the reporter asked him, why do you call it cheat? He said, because it's actually cheat. He goes, never mind. I was ready to say it. But I think it's cheating. I think it's genius. And a lot of times, coaches in the NFL, they get a little salty when they don't have, when they're not the first ones to do it. The tush push, if other teams could do it, they would. They can't, so they hate it. A lot of guys don't have Tyreek Hill or Debo Samuels or a guy of that nature. Mike McDaniels had a vision of we're going to win with speed. He went and got Jalen uh, Waddle fast. Tyreek Hill, the fastest. Um, they got the new kid, David Ar uh, Devin Archer. Fast. They're doing like a 4-2-3. Fast. Raheem Moster, fast. They're all about speed. And so a bunch of these coaches are a little salty. 
Al Shanahan, do not get salty. Because when you were doing things that people couldn't figure it out, you didn't want them to stop it. Like innovation, you evolve or you die. But there's some salty coaches going around the National Football League. It might be, I ain't going to lie, it might be a little cheap. Tyree Hill with a running start. That that ain't that that that's not that's not that's like that's like trying to race a Porsche and it gets a five it gets a it gets a four second head start and then meets you at the line and you think you're gonna be the you're not gonna win I don't care what car you drive you're gonna lose that one in a quarter mile you're losing if I get a four second head start I'm out of here I'm gone that's what they do with Tyreek Hill but they figured it out they mastered it. And the Cowboys have to play them on Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Might not be the most pleasant thing to do or to play against. Josh McDaniels. I'm not Josh McDaniel. He's terrible. Josh McDaniels is terrible. He is a horrible coach. Slightly personal for me, but he's a horrible coach. But Mike McDaniels, he, 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 has, he has a winner. He has a winner down there uh, with that one. So the college ranks... You know I wasn't going to do a show and not mention Dion. The Colorado Buffaloes take on the USC Trojans this week. It's got an early game, like 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. I'm going to be up, though. I'm going to be up 11 o'clock like this. Ah, let's go, Prime. My second team. But I had a conversation about two or three weeks ago, and I said, ah, this guest list is getting a little bit a little much. And I think it's a distraction. I do. I know why he does it. I know why he does it. And it's it's necessary. But they be having folks in the locker room 10 minutes before the game about to start. You want a 19-year-old kid to focus and the Rock is in the locker room? You want a 19-20-year-old kid to focus and Lil Wayne is in the locker room? Well, the guest list Keeps guessing. It keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. In addition to, Deion said, he said, man, I'll, I'll probably have half the NBA in town this weekend. The biggest NBA star that he'll have in there, LeBron James. LeBron James, by the way, from Akron, Ohio. A very, 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 very open, open Ohio State fan. Very open. Very, very open about that. Zion State love. He'll be in Boulder, Colorado. Now I get it. He'll be with his son, Bronny. Bronny, who will be a freshman at USC. But he'll be on the Dion guest list. It'll be interesting to see. Bronny may have USC stuff on. What will LeBron have on? But that doesn't stop there. Lil Wayne coming back for round two. Does Lil Wayne, does Lil Wayne have an album... Does Lil Wayne have an album coming out? I haven't seen Lil, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I haven't seen Lil Wayne out this much since he's been running around. He, since he was a hot boy. Since he was doing wobbly, wobbly, drop, drop it like it's hot, drop, chop. Like I ain't seen Lil Wayne outside this much since that time. He out here everywhere. He's at the Green Bay game the other night running out in the tunnel. He was in September 29th. Huh? Today. Oh, today. Oh, no wonder. He got a new mixtape coming out. All right, makes sense now. Lil Wayne will be there. DJ Khaled will be there. You know he's going to be obnoxious. 
You know he's going to be obnoxious. DJ Khaled will be in the building. Will Ferrell will be there, but Will Ferrell's a huge USC fan, so he's probably he probably couldn't get tickets at USC, so he probably went over there and asked Dion. Will Ferrell will be there. Snoop will be there. Dion and Snoop has had a they've been friendship for a long time. The Snoop Bowl, the Snooper Bowl, and, and the youth football back when Dion was doing the Truth League and Snoop was doing his league uh, in California, so they've been good friends for a long time. Uh, Snoop Dogg will be there. All right, all right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey is going to be there. We know it. Notorious. Texas Longhorn fan. Right? Notorious. Hook him. He's going to be in Colorado. Who Texas playing this Saturday? Because I believe Texas, don't even, Texas doesn't even leave the state of Texas no more for games. They're playing all their games are like in the state of Texas, the next five or six games. At home. Right? Undefeated. Matthew McConaughey, two undefeated teams. He won't even be there. So then he's a little list. But Matthew McConaughey got bread, though. So the game is at a, what time do they play? He might make the second half of that game. But Matthew McConaughey is supposed to be in Boulder, Colorado this weekend for the USC game. They're my personal favorite. This is big. You never see him out. You never see him out. Jay-Z. Jay freaking Hove. One of my favorite rappers of all time. Now, most of these kids did not grow up on Jay-Z. I, I doubt most of these kids even know a Jay-Z song. Some may. Shador may. Shiloh may. But for the, the crust of this team, they more like, when, who was the guy named? Keylock? Key Glock? Key Glock. Excuse me, Mr. Glock. I don't mean to mess up your name. They listen to Key Glock and Young Boy and, 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 and the babies, Lul and uh, These kids don't know no whole verse. They, they, don't, they don't know. They don't know no whole verse, but Hove going to be there, according to the list. I, I imagine little Jess, 19-year-old Jess. I had the little twisties, too, the little ones, like the Metro from the, the movie. If I'm in the locker room and Jay-Z is standing feet from me, no way I'm focused. But I'm, but that's just, but these kids, shout out to Dion. To get, the, to get Jay, Jay doesn't come out for nothing. Like If it's not a Jay-Z sponsored event, he'll come out. Jay-Z is going to be in attendance. So they say, and I, this is all from what Dion has been saying and his list has said. A tough list, man. That's a tough, tough, tough list. I was doing my show earlier today. Uh, one of my co-hosts, hanging with the boys. Check that out Monday through Friday. Do you watch Unfiltered? One of my good friends, Nate Newton, is on the show with me. Nate is a longtime friend of Dion. Dion called Nate during the show. You know what Nate did? He left the show. <laughs> Took a phone call from Dion and said, hey, he said that, was, that was prime. We have, we have a conversation every single day around this time. Like, he calls me. So we just happen to be doing the show at this time. So Nate's going to a game, a Friday night game. But the guest list is, is, is tremendous. You'll probably see Michael Irvin there again and, and others. Hey, Prime. I want to get flued out. Flew me out. I want to get flued out. I can't afford to fly out there now. 
And I got a lot of money out there in Boulder. Flew me out. I'm not giving up no nothing, but you can flew. I want to get flewed out. I want to be a part of the list too. I can't afford the hotels and flight to go to Colorado. I just can't. Y'all ain't watching enough just yet. We ain't got enough sponsors yet. <laughs> Soon. Soon we'll be doing our show from Boulder. Speaking of two existence, Jay Holly, let's go. Soon they're going to be like, yo, bring Unfiltered to Boulder to do your show. Mark that. Put that on the, on the, on the manifestation list. All right, I'll end with this one, man. We get up out of here. One of my new... Oh, two things. Two things. I told y'all. I, I told y'all the Dame trade has came out. We're talking about the Dame trade, and it's been reported that Dame was like, eh, don't, I don't want to go anywhere else. I only want to go to Miami. Ownership was like, yeah, too late. You're out of here. There's no, no take backs. No take back. So Dame didn't want to go anywhere else. And he was willing to come back to Portland. Dame had been reported that Dame had been showing up to workouts and to practices because he was like, if I can't get a deal done to Miami, then I'm going to stay here for another year and we'll figure it out next year. He was willing to come back and say, I only want to go to Miami. Didn't happen. He'll be a good teammate in Milwaukee, but it didn't happen. And I told y'all. Dame, Dame thought he was going to have chanclas on in December. Nah, you're going to have buffalinos. You have boots on in December. And I'll end with this. Anthony Edwards is becoming my new favorite NBA player. I like this kid. This kid is, this kid is cut from the cloth of the old school. And that's not a bad thing. But he talks about, ain't no low management for me. I'm playing. He said that before they did the whole new realignment of the, uh, of the, of the low management. He wants to play. He was a part of the USA team today, and he was like, man, I coming off the bench. But Steve Kerr was like, hey, you know, you know, Dwayne Wade came off the bench when we had Kobe. He's like, I don't see a Kobe out here, my guy. So, coach, don't, don't, don't. And he stepped up, and he had some games. They didn't do enough. But he had some really good games. But he was at media day today. NBA season starts off. Everybody's back into their groove of things. Season kicks off Halloween, right? Halloween. So we're, we're, we're a month away. But Anthony, Anthony Edwards came out and he talked about what drove him to be the player he is today. And he said, when I came and I was doing my pre-draft workouts, went and worked with Steve Kerr and the Warriors. And he said, Steve Kerr, and the coaches kept stopping my drills. Like, are you, is that the hardest you can go? Like, is, can you, like, what's, what's happening? He's like, bro, I'm going hard. He's like, okay. And he kept saying, like, they kept stopping my drills. Like, can you go harder? Can you go harder? And he's like, man, I'm going hard. I'm, I'm going. And he said, man, you need to see KD work out. You need to see Steph and Clay work out. They go hard. What we're seeing right here, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't really going hard. And they were at dinner the other, uh, later on that night, and they told him, they said, if we had the number one overall pick, we wouldn't take you. And he said, Anthony Edwards said that that stuck with him. He said, remember getting in the car after dinner, and his trainer was there, go figure. That's a shot at him and his trainer to their face. And he said, man, I don't know what we got to do, but we got to go harder. We got to go harder. Uh, whatever that means, whatever that looks like, 
if I was his trainer, I would have figured out what Steph and Clay and all those guys was doing. That would have been an easy fix. We're going to do what they do. We're gonna, I'm going I'm to talk to their trainers and to see what, how hard they go in practice, how hard they go in their workouts. But Anthony Edwards said that was and still is to this day the motivation for me is that I have to go harder. And he is easily becoming one of my favorite NBA players. I like this kid. This kid's, this kid's going to be the face of the franchise, face of the league real soon. He's, 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 he's in that conversation. He's in that conversation. Once LeBron and Steph and all those guys are kind of Joel and B, they're, 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 getting, they're getting long in the tooth. They're getting long in the tooth. This next crop is coming in. Giannis is kind of in that eh, fringe. But that next crop, if John Morant can just keep the blickies down, John. Don't, you don't need the blickies to be all the way out there. John Morant, he's one of them. Anthony Edwards is another one. Tatum is in that conversation. Who else am I missing? Who else is a young star? Luca. I'm saying that because I'm living down. But Luca, you you are, but come on. Devin Booker, come on, Luca. Stop pouting. Stop, stop being a spoiled brat. Let's, let's, let's go. You got the potential, baby. Let's get, let's, let's go. Stay out of Serbia for a little bit. Stay here. Make some friends. But those are some of the young guys, and Anthony Edwards is in that conversation. I like this kid. That's all I got for you, man. I ain't got nothing else. That's it. Thank you for being here with me. The offer still stands, Taylor Swift. You know it's a good thing when Bill Belichick talks about it. He never goes off script. He talked about it. It's big, man. Big business. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to place a little, a little, not that kind of bet NFL, so don't try to come for me. They ain't suspending me for two years. But I'm willing to make a little friendly, you know, Gatorade bet. This Sunday, it's going to be the most watched game. And it would have been a, it would have been a highly anticipated watched game had Aaron Rodgers would have still been there. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, New York City, Jets, Chiefs. But Aaron's out. Out with Aaron, in with Taylor. She's supposed to be in attendance. What if Prime gets Taylor Swift to come to Colorado? Just blew my mind right there. I know it's a lot of white fans in Colorado that know Taylor Swift. If he gets, if he gets Taylor Swift, it's big. That's big. Go ahead, Prime. Do what you got to do. But Taylor Swift going to be at the game. Man, she, she, as popular as the NFL is, as popular as the NFL is, the surge of what has happened with Travis Kelsey lets me know there is such a huge demographic that still doesn't watch football. For him to get 380,000 new followers, that's insane. That's insane. And you're going to see the viewership go up this weekend because there's a lot of Swifties out there who don't, who didn't follow football but follow pop culture and follow music that she's going to bring. And you bitter women who are trying to come back and Travis Kelsey's, I, I told y'all, this looks different. Last four Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, they look like me. 
Taylor's different. But it's one they had a one stop. Stop. Don't be a bitter ex. He had one that he met eight years ago on his show. I didn't know he even had a reality TV show. Falling in love with Kelsey or whatever. Shout out to the reality TV shows. Fourth Alone with Michael Irvin. And she's like, oh yeah, the cheating. You knew him for eight months, honey. Stop. You gave him a little piece of that, that cuckoo. You know what I'm saying? You gave him a little bit of that snap and he bounced. Your fault. You thought you was in love and your fault. It's been eight years. Let that go. Let it go. Let that go. Don't don't be the bitter ex-girlfriend and trying to come in and, and saying things about Travis now because he's with Taylor. Just let it go. He's with Taylor. That's going to last for a little bit. It's a business move. Don't mess up the business. I know you're trying to get your business going, your clout going because you're a life coach. Do your thing, shorty. But come on. Stop. Stop it. It's out to Travis. He better play well. Because you can't have all the celebrity and you don't play well. That, that part better not, better not fall off. Better play well. We'll see what happens tonight. All right, man, I'm out. Remember, like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Episode 18, we rising to the top. Take a ride with us, man. Don't, don't, don't miss the train. Don't, don't, don't jump on late. Don't be like, oh, start right now. Go over to Apple and Spotify. Listen there, too, while you're walking. To power walk on, walking the dog on a treadmill. Let me get you through that. Let me get you through that Stairmaster. Let Jay Holly get you through the Stairmaster. Leave a review. He was tight. Love Jay Holly. Five star. <laughs> and like, subscribe. Go to YouTube. Watch it. Watch me everywhere. I'm outside. Outside. And I'm literally going to be outside, living outside. If y'all don't watch, <laughs> tell everybody to watch. I love you guys, man. Thank you so much. Remember, never let anyone say that their life is better than yours because it's your life. Don't forget, you have to say goodbye to some of them people to find your peace. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out!